Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, listeners, and welcome to the latest installment of MBM's M&A Snack and Chat podcast. I'm Brian Shaw, corporate partner in MBM's London office, and I'm joined, as always, by my colleague, Caroline Urban. Hi, Caroline. Hello, everyone. Hi, Brian. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. I'm excited to be launching another podcast, and maybe should I just give a quick reminder of what, what this is all about to our listeners? Please do, please do. On each podcast, we will catch up with former clients whom we've helped to buy and sell businesses and other specialists in the M&A field who can share their their insights and provide our listeners with hints and tips on the M&A process. The idea is that the podcast is 15 to 20 minutes long and it's fun and informative and you can listen to it on the go or while you're sipping your morning tea or snacking on your afternoon sugar hit. Um, which brings me to the very important question every time. Brian, what are you snacking on? Well, Caroline, uh, good question. So my snack of the day is what is known as a lamington. Have you heard of such a snack? I have not. It's a traditional Australian sponge cake. It's a vanilla sponge covered in chocolate with a layer of cream and jam in the middle, all sprinkled with coconut shavings. Delicious. And, and what's on your snack today? I'm, I'm snacking away on some miniature Bavarian pretzels. So sweet for you, salty for me. Let's crack on with the podcast. So our guest speaker today actually joins us all the way from Canada. Um, Brian, as you have worked with Andrea in the past, would you like to give an introduction for her and tell us, tell the listeners about the work that you did together? It will be my absolute pleasure. Andrea Insina owned and operated a furniture hire business called Great Hire, based here in London for over a decade. The Great Hire business was the short-term leasing of luxury furniture to various high-end hotels and venues in and around London for weddings, Christmas parties, business conferences, mitzvahs, and the like. Andrea first approached me in the summer of 2018 about potentially selling her business. As she was the sole shareholder and director, she had total control over the process. It took a further 15 months, and after many twists and turns, which I'm looking forward to discussing here today, in November 2019, I successfully helped Andrea sell her business. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you. Good morning, Brian. It's lovely to be here with you. And it's morning for you. That's right. Are you, um, are you munching on sort of Canadian uh, morning delicacy? Actually, I've just had a butter tart, which is very Canadian. It's a very gooey, caramelly tart topped with pecans. Not an ideal thing to have in the morning, but hey, I'm in Canada and it's delicious. <laughs> that sounds brilliant. Um, right, I'll kick off our questions today as I'm just so curious to know all about Andrea's journey as an entrepreneur. So Andrea, can you tell us what your journey has been like? Where did it all begin and how did you get into um, the furniture hire business? Well, it's quite incredible because I sit here in Canada and it's 17 years, feels like my life has come full circle. I went to the UK because we had SARS in Canada and my business at the time was a event planning and conference planning business and SARS totally devastated our industry. And long and boring story, I ended up going to London and I never left. 
So 17 years later, I sold a great hire, and here I am, not on purpose, but back in Canada because of COVID. So interesting times indeed, and I've had a lot of time to reflect on my journey at Great Hire, which Brian helped me sell. So I started um, Great Hire because I was in London, wandering around, completely unemployed. My business was in Canada, sitting quite dormant. And I recognized in London that there was very little furniture available for events. I was doing an event for a friend and tried to find some furniture, which wasn't available. So I ended up getting some furniture made for the event, and I thought to myself that if I need this furniture, um, millions of other people and planners, certainly in London, would also need some good event furniture. So I was very lucky as an entrepreneur. We're always looking for that hole in the market that needs to be filled, and my timing was brilliant. I took advantage of the fact that there was no one else in the business um, doing what I wanted to do. And Great Hire was started. I bought some chairs, printed some business cards, and got on the phone and started to sell. And it went from strength to strength for the last 12 years. That's really my journey. Just for the listen, Andre, before you, you came to, the, to London, what were you doing before in Canada? Well, I w- I've been in events for a very long time, and my business in Canada planned events um, worldwide, and we arranged conferences and travel and hotel, um, anything to do with corporations doing business abroad. So I used to be in restaurants before that. I owned cafes. So I have a, a long history in the hospitality business. And the interesting thing to note about Great Hire, and in particular, you helping me sell the company, was when I had my business in Canada, it was very much a service business. And I was very much a key player. So I always knew if I started another business, I wanted to start the business with the intention of one day franchising it or hopefully one day selling it which in retrospect um, ended up being the best decision I ever made with Great Hire um, because I set the business up from the beginning in a way that proved to be crucially important and I didn't know how important that would be at the time. Can you elaborate on During our process working together, Mm -hmm. I was shocked at the amount of information and the detailed information we would have to provide. And I don't know if that's typical in all sales or it was my buyer's keen interest in detail, but because I was so fixated on processes and paperwork and systems, um, which I don't really believe all small businesses pay so much attention to that. It's very time consuming. It's expensive. I hadn't done it to such detail in the past. So when it was time to sell and show the business in detail, explain our business in detail and prove that our business had a life beyond me, beyond my management, those processes and systems, I believe, were incredibly helpful and beneficial. And I believe that they helped to make the sale much easier. No, I, I agree. The amount of times we've advised clients on selling or fundraising for their business and, and their records are all over the place. Yeah, I do not think that people, well, certainly I didn't really understand 
the, the amount of time it takes, the amount of detail, the amount um, of administration that has to, I mean, it's one thing to chat about it. It's a whole other thing to have it ready. Um, I've, I have a question. I mean, I know you came to me two years ago looking to sell your business, but what was the, what was the trigger for you that you said, yes, now's the time to sell? Well, um, I wasn't actually ready to sell at that point when I came to visit you, but I knew I should start thinking about it. The business was strong. It was growing. Um, certainly my lifestyle had a lot to do with it. I wanted to have a little bit more freedom. So I thought that I better start educating myself and investigating the process um, of what would be involved, what steps I would have to take, if I needed a broker to help me, what kind of lawyer I needed. I just needed a little bit of education for when and if it was time. So that was actually very, very valuable and helpful that I came to see you and speak to you because you were very fantastic and set up some meetings for me. There was no pressure. You introduced me to a couple of brokers who taught me a lot in those meetings of what I could expect. And I think just by meeting you and seeing how much time you took with me um, with absolutely no pressure, no financial pressure, um, and just your willingness to educate me a little bit uh, really, really gave me a comfort level that I wouldn't have had. And I think that's why I stuck with you. I spoke to other lawyers as well, but you, you spent quite a bit of time making me feel comfortable and educating me as to what I'd have to go through. And that was really great. Very good promotion for Brian. <laughs> um, it's true. <laughs> did you end up, um, how did you find your buyer and did you end up using a broker for the process? Well, I didn't find them, actually. I was very lucky. Um, five years prior to 19, they approached me through a broker that they were interested in great hire, and I certainly wasn't um, ready at that time to sell, so I didn't. Um, but they, I guess, kept an eye on us. And then last December, a year ago, December, they approached me and said they were seriously interested in buying and I just thought that I would, I really didn't want to sell, but I thought I'd hear them out. And I had some meetings with Brian first and I had some meetings with them. The more I spoke with them, um, I was pretty convinced that it would be a great, um, great future for my company and a good legacy for me if they took it over. And with Brian's help and more conversations, I decided it was a good time to sell. And did you, um, did you think it was, I mean, it sounds like it was the right choice in terms of the type of buyer. Did you like them personally? Does one have to personally like their buyer or is it just, it just needs to be a strategic fit? I think that the strategic fit was what captivated me because I cared very much about my team living on and I cared very much about great hire growing after me. It wasn't just about money. I cared very much about the company and the team. It was like my baby. But I think when you're committed to sell, you want to sell. If you go out looking for a buyer, I don't know how much you have to like them, but I don't know. I, I did like these people very much. 
yeah, from my personal experience, I think they were, they were really nice. What were some of the more challenging aspects of the sale? Well, I mean, it's a, like a self-reflection. I mean, you see all your flaws. You, you're scrutinized about everything. So you see all the things you should have done differently um, if you knew you were going to sell. Or, you know, it's a real introspection on yourself, on your work, on what you've done. But it's also long and laborious and the contracts are depressing and boring for an entrepreneur. It's like, oh my God, as you know better than anybody, mm. Brian, I was like, you explain it to me. It's like, that's the last thing in the world a creative certainly wants to look at. It. It's tedious. It was pages and pages and pages and pages and pages. You know, from, from an entrepreneur's perspective, like all of that stuff needs to be really explained. It's hard to understand. It's not what I do for a living. It's not what other entrepreneurs do for a living. To have a good lawyer on your side, I mean, I don't know if you remember one day you tried to explain one of those identities to me and what it meant. I think you tried to tell me 50 times and I didn't get it. So had you not been persistent and patient, I could have made a very, very big mistake. So it's so, so, so important that mm. your lawyer spends the time and has really your personal interest and understands your character enough or tries to, to help you through it because those things are crucial. And I could have made seriously big mistakes had you not explained it a hundred times to me. When did you speak to your team and say, this, this is what's happening. There's going to be some changes. Well, I spoke to the team the day that we signed the papers. And that was probably, uh, get back to your other question about mm. the difficulties in going through the process, that was probably one of the hardest things for me to do was I was very close with my team, um, very much like a family to me. And I felt sick not being able to tell them I felt devious and I, I was doing it with their best interests at heart, but it was very, very, very difficult not to share it with them and explain to them I was doing this for, for everybody's benefit. How did they react? I explained to them the best I could why I sold it. I believe that they trusted me enough from our history to believe me when I said I thought it was best for them and for the growth of Great Hire that this new company could do better moving forward for the business than I could by myself. When they met the new group, um, again, that was very positive and I think they got very excited about the growth potential. And now I talk to them all. They all send me pictures. They've moved into the new space and it's all very, very happy and very positive. That makes me feel wonderful. I do have another question. I recall you had various uh, different professional advisors on the deal. So you had myself, you had some tax advisors. Um, how was it dealing with, with all of us and juggling our various demands? Well, it's just tedious. You all ask a lot of questions. <laughs> it was None of that was a problem. Everybody was very efficient and, and it was a good team. None of that was an issue. I also had professional friends giving me advice, which I'm sure drove you crazy because I would second guess everything. I'm a controller, as most entrepreneurs are, and I don't like to take anybody's word verbatim. So... Mm you need a comfort level and the more advisors you have and the more of them that say the same thing, the more comfort you have, the more people that are advising you personally, I think that's better. 
good advice. You mentioned earlier how important it is to be organized, to be ready to sell your business. And, and I mean, we can certainly confirm that. It also becomes a full-time job. You're all of a sudden not running your business. You're trying to sell it. What sort of advice would you give for the listeners considering to sell their business? First of all, I'd say it doesn't take up some of your time. It takes up all of your time. And if it's taking up all of your time, which is supposed to be in secret because you can't let your team know or you're under a very strict confidentiality report, you've got to get organized. Anybody that's thinking about selling has to be super in order, has to have a plan of how they're going to communicate and where they're going to sit to have these meetings um, and dedicate some people to the task because it's a big task. It's well worth it if you're successful, but it's a huge task and I didn't really get it. I think another thing that's important to know is that the faster that this can happen, this process of selling, the better it is for yourself and for the business. Because at a certain point, you have to do a, a mind shift and start letting go psychologically that you're going to give this business up and you're working on that. And if it doesn't go through and you've done that for too long and then the deal falls apart, it would be very, very difficult to re-motivate yourself to start growing again. So you have to stay positive. You have to keep the business growing and being successful. You have to keep your team motivated. The whole while you're doing that, you're trying to remove yourself emotionally from the company. That's a bit of a conflict psychologically. So that's pretty tiring. And so you don't want that to go on for too long. And I was going to ask how long the, the process was, but also how long the process was for you. Because of course, by the time a seller comes to us, the lawyers, to start mm. drafting the documentation, they may have been in conversations with a buyer for six months, a year, who knows? No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't talk to them before I spoke to Brian. I um, thought it was better to have my, my advisor close to me before I said anything stupid. <laughs> I think from the time we got the first draft of the SPA, I think it took about, it, didn't, it was about two months didn't feel quick to me i don't know what the standard is but it was a long time i think i don't know what the typical process i'd say from term sheet to six months maybe you know that's probably yeah typical. that's it's a long six yeah. months it's yeah. a it's a it's a it's a task yeah and it's um, not fun like everybody thinks it's going to be. It's not fun at all. It's confusing. You go through every emotion in the spectrum, and it's, uh, it's not like it's all this joyful, and then all of a sudden they had you your money, and you, you want to celebrate, of course, but it's also very sad. You have every kind of emotion. It's, mm. it's, it's a very emotionally draining thing. No, it's, not, true. it's not light, light stuff. Absolutely. Andrea, thank you so, so much. And I can only say from a lawyer's perspective, you know, we, we do the best we can, but it's, we don't always see the psychological and the emotional side to it. So um, that was really interesting to hear. So just before we end the podcast, we have just enough time to do our rapid fire round with you, Andrea. Um, you will have 60 seconds to answer as many questions as you can in that time. So just say the first thing that comes to mind. All right, we ready. In one word or phrase only. On your mark, get set. 
What was your first job? Waitress. What's your favorite holiday destination? Well, everywhere. If you were having a dinner party and could invite three guests, alive, dead or fictional, who would you invite and why? Obama, Obama and Queen Elizabeth. They're all fascinating. What's your favorite movie? Oh my God, I have no idea. What are you currently reading? Trump by his niece who's just slamming him. If Richard Branson sat next to you on a flight, what would be your first question other than are you Richard Branson? Um, no, he, he might come to dinner. Maybe he'd come to dinner. <laughs> I'd ask him to dinner. <laughs> and finally, if you could travel back in time to meet your 10-year-old self, what advice would you give her? Oh, I'd say go for it. Invest in real estate a lot younger. And 20 years isn't forever like it seems when you're a kid. Andrea, thank you for your time and participating in MBM's M&A Snack and Chat podcast. Thanks. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Caroline. That's it for today. Um, thank you for joining us in our informative conversation with Andrea Insner, founder and seller of Her Furniture Hire Business. Join us next time when Brian and I will be joined by another special guest and we will snack and chat all things M&A. Goodbye, all. Goodbye. Goodbye.